MC Mimi Welcome back to another episode of the Mariah Podcast. I am Shady Baby, otherwise known as Jack, and I'm here with... Candy Chick, you can never be too sweet. Well, hey, so, if you remember last week in our Charm Bible episode, me and Candy Chick were having a good old chat about all things Charm Bible, which kind of led on to a bit of a tangent. Now, I said last week about how I'd love to do an episode all about storytelling and Mariah's lyricism and where everything songs reach from the past all the way to the future and certain songs can go back a long way now candy chick and i were talking behind the scenes and candy chick was kind enough to give it give it the yes and so that's today we are talking all about storytelling so jack twisted my arm and i said yes and i actually think this is going to be quite cool like we're going to follow the kind of the themes of the book and relate to the songs that we feel like are most telling in what Mariah was thinking and feeling at those moments. So I think we're going to start off with Little Mariah, right? Yeah, that's right. We're going to go off with one of my favourite songs, Alone in Love, which I think is really prolific in its storytelling. And I can't believe that she was only 15 when she wrote the song. If you guys remember when you were 15, what were you doing? Jack, what were you doing at 15? I think I was just trying to get through school, which I suppose you could say was the same for Mariah too. How about you? What was 15 like for you? 15 for me? Where were you? I think I was coming out of an awkward phase. The other awkward teen phase that we all oh, have. Tell me I more. Think I, I think I was coming out of that. Um, I think I was at age where I started to really understand my hair and doing my hair. Um, I was stressed about exams um, because I think at 15, you actually start with your GCSEs and start, you know, switching on a little bit. You're no longer a child at 15. And a few lyrics that Mariah wrote at that age, which I still don't understand. I can't fathom how she did it. I look into your eyes, you turn the other way. I realize now it's all a game you play. Now, I don't know if she's thinking about a lover or a family member. Because I could feel like it's some, this could be related to a family member that you just want to hold on to and kind of want to, you to love, want to hold on to and someone you wish that loved you the way that you love them. But they hold you a little bit and then disappear do you feel like that could be projected onto this or what do you think do you think it's definitely like about a lover because there are some lyrics that could like say that it definitely is a lover i hold you in the night and wake to find you gone you're running out of sight it's so hard holding on all in love but then being lost in the dark you set me on fire but now i'm left with a spark it could be like someone if i came in gave you a little bit of love you trusted them, you wanted them to help you, but then they disappear again. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that chorus especially swept me away, but now I'm lost in the dark, set me on fire, but now I'm left with the spark. 
when you think about fire, like set me on fire, it's almost if you're like you're giving someone a bit of life. Mm-hmm. And then now they're left with a spark because like a fragment of them is still there. But by the time they've realized, you've already left. So it's like yeah. you're giving them the confidence and the courage, but then it's too late. So that could be said about, it could be about like a, a child love. Look, a child love could mean parents or it could be like a relative or... Because remember what she was like at the time? Like her, her childhood wasn't the best at school as well as family. So I think, I think it's up to like the listener to kind of work out for themselves and I don't know. Oh, you say that, yeah, but the one thing I hate is when Mariah says, I can like to keep my lyrics open so people can interpret it themselves. Sure, yeah, that's fine, MC, but you had an idea in your head when you were writing these lyrics, and I just want to know what it is. <laughs> that's well, it's all. Like it, exactly. But it's like if you look, look at verse two, you haunt me in my dreams, I'm calling out your name. I watch you fade away. Your love is not the same. It's like you could... You could say that that love or whoever that is in reference to is like as if they they can't quite get away. Like they're always there. Because then if you look at the bridge, sitting in the dark without you, how am I supposed to make it through the night? Slowly fought apart without you. Cry away the hours to the morning light. It's almost as if like throughout the whole song, the person, the subject doesn't get away. They're still there. They're, they're definitely yeah. going to come back, but you don't know when. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And I, I think that probably does relate more to a parent because Mariah did say that she was left, was left alone quite often. Yeah. So that could be just her waiting for her mum. Yeah, because, I mean, if, if, you, if, if you take that bridge and contrast it to the name of the song, Alone in Love, but somehow in the song, the person's still there. Mm, mm-hmm, it's, very, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to work out be about but when you say about her mum and in the book it makes more sense good a year ago and much longer than that we would have had no idea right the, the book really did answer a lot of questions but still left loads loads of questions unanswered i yep i agree i mean i mean throughout that whole first album obviously she she written everything but would you say that's probably one of the, if not the most, at that time, deepest, thought-provoking songs. Because she did say it's one of her favourites, and those songs that she normally references as her favourites are ones that she, you can tell, has more of an effort into it. You know what? You just reminded me of Vanishing right there. Because Vanishing is also a song that she loved, and a song that she references, and it's also about someone disappearing. I've just had listeners, Shady Baby's just had a light bulb moment. (laughs) I just had a light bulb moment too. We both had this at the same time. Is it too much for a reach to say that (laughs) the debut could be a concept album too? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Um, We just put two and two together and we, we got it. So Vanishing and Alone in Love are about the same thing. And I think it's about Mariah's mom. Um, yeah. Yeah. But in, a, in another similar turn of events, we move to 
album two, The Closer of Emotions, The Wind. Now, when you look at the lyrics for The Wind, and even just the title of The Wind, you can almost see it's someone who's also disappearing. <laughs> I example, think we have problems. I think I, we have issues. <laughs> the wind has taken you. You're finally at peace. You're free, finally at peace. So still you lie, leaving your cares behind. You've flown into the wind, escaping all the hurt within. <laughs> leaving the world behind. Now, I, until I did some research a, a while ago, I had no idea what this song was about. However, it's meant to be about one of her friends who died in a car accident. I had no idea about that at all. No, because I always remember listening to it and I just couldn't tell if it was just a... I don't want to say generic, because that's not the word I'm thinking of, but a song that didn't have a definitive meaning that makes sense yes um there are a lot of songs like that yeah that i thought anyway but yeah that i completely get what you're saying one thing about the song though that i i kind of hate the ending because i think it's too raw for me it like when very you very bare bones yeah i really loved you and now you'll never know you're only fitting to the wind like that to me is Got wrenching and it kind of just makes me not want to listen to the song when it gets to that part because if you're lucky enough to not have lost somebody in your life then it's it's easy listen but if you aren't one of those unfortunate people that have then listening to that is just it's tough yeah it's it's tough it's tough and i mean I don't know if she put the track listing together when the album was being made, but that at the end of the album, not pun intended, but it really is an emotion, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of signifies what she was feeling at the time, really. Yeah. Like it's a, I think, well, it's the first song that, we've, that we had that was a jazz song. So... The Wind was, you could kind of say, was the first of a long line of album closes that were especially very deep. Now, I know that one of Mariah and many Lamb's favourites is Daydream Closer, Looking In. Now, Candy, I know you put this on your list, so. I did, I did. I think it truly signified what she was feeling once again. So maybe this is a theme, maybe last songs last tracks of the album is just her raw emotion nobody at the time had an idea how cathartic or really symbolic I suppose you could say the song really was I don't know because when you hear that song you automatically know like the lyrics are too crazy for you to not not to know that it's what she's thinking and feeling. I feel like people could have thrown it away, as in, because it's not the most upbeat song, it's not talking about love, it's not the most exciting music behind it, for them to just throw it away and not just think um, of it more. But the people who actually took the time to listen to it must have known 
how crazy it was. In fact, Daydream sold millions and millions. So I'm sure a lot of people kind of peeped inside to Mariah's soul at that point and um, saw what she was thinking. Don't say she takes it all for granted and well aware of all I have. Don't think I'm disenchanted. Don't think I'm disenchanted. Please understand. If that's not somebody crying out for help, I don't know what is. Yeah, but I suppose you could look back at the media that time. I suppose all they really saw of Mariah was this, I suppose, like Cinderella princess who had the, the beautiful wedding with the multi-million dollar everything thrown at her. But she looked happy on the TV. She looked happy on the papers. I, I but... get that. I don't. I can't say you can blame the media though, because Mariah is the type of person who will just laugh away pain oh, and like make oops. a joke about it. So I can understand why the world didn't see that. Like she literally said like... she hides herself in, <laughs> and hides herself inside of me. She literally said that. But it's more like on verse two, which is like she smiles for a thousand tears and harbors adverse fears. She dreams of all that she can never be. Be weighed in insecurity. You could, you could, if you look at it a certain way, it could be a third person thing. Yes. But you have to remember the bias is that we know what this means. Yeah, but then at the end, when she says, Well, here I am for all of them to bleed, but they can't take my heart away from me. They cannot bring me to my knees. They'll never know that they're me. I do understand where you're coming from because I can 100% relate to this song and see it from a point of view, of my point of view, and take it from that. So I guess that it's possible for someone to be dis, someone to dissociate this from her actual life. But at the end of the day, it's what she was thinking and feeling. But do you think? that if Chick was released, then people would have taken this more seriously and thought... I mean, probably. Probably. That, you know, going on. Yeah. Especially songs like Demented and uh, songs like Demented, which are hidden behind a rock melody. You obviously didn't know at the time that this was someone who was trying to get their pain out. Yeah. I don't know how the media or even the general public would have taken that because I think they would be very confused. Uh, to be honest, I'm a bit confused still to this day. And yeah, I mean, until, <laughs> until she's actually, I see her physically singing it, I will yeah. always be confused. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I saw <laughs> that tweet that she put out last year before the book come out all about that part, I was a bit like, I've always wanted her to do rock, but never. I thought a 90s grunge album would be the way she would have gone. <laughs> but it's interesting how you put your how you put your theme to something like that. It's like at the time she was doing daydream in the afternoon and then doing kachik in the evening, and it's like nuts. Because then you've got like other songs, other songs in the daydream sessions are just slipping away. Obviously, was never released an album, and you've got yeah. I Am Free as well. Yeah. I Am Free, I still think it was a cop-out. I think I Am Free was written and put on the album just to balance out looking in personally. Oh, you mean to, as like a safety net kind of thing? Yeah. She said that she's in pain, but she's free. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, to balance out so it doesn't look as bad for Tommy and the label. Yeah, I bet she listens to that a lot when she actually <laughs> did leave. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she was screaming it from the rooftops. We'll never know. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But I'm just thinking, how can you compartmentalise so much for so long? Because she needed a whole album to release all these pent-up feelings. But as she's in that actual studio doing Daydream, most of the stuff isn't really slipping into it. Like most of her emotions, except from like looking in, for example, the, the other, her other emotions are just not there. So no, I can I imagine if, if Chick wasn't done, would Daydream be like Chick? Like, would it be crazy? Would there be a hundred looking ins? Oh, what you mean? Like, if she hadn't have done shit, she would have put more emotions into Daydream rather than the songs that we got. You think there'd be more, more deep ballads instead of some of the others we got? Yeah, and they might not even just been deep. There could have been like no. up tempo, up tempo, but painful at the same time. Yes. <laughs> It's not like the perfect song though, like the songs that you can be in the club to and dance to that are actually fucking painful. Yeah, I hate you. Let me out. Crying <laughs> in the club's a reason. <laughs> oh, but yeah, you're right. Because I mean, it could be, what do you, how do you view Daydream as an album in itself? Because I, I, I think about this a lot. I mean, it's like a precursor to Butterfly, but obviously it's not her, it's not her, album what is her album it's not her completely i think people say music box is a commercial album i think daydream is a commercial album i, I think so too the, yeah the most commercial yeah. one and i say this because it incorporates so many different genres in one yeah works yeah. whereas music box i believe was just pretty much one genre everything yeah. fades away wasn't allowed to be on it all I lived for wasn't allowed to be on it. No. Do you think of me wasn't allowed to be on it? So, no. no. Um, it was just like completely adult contemporary. Is that the genre? Yeah, but you could probably say that Music Box was more adult contemporary. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like music Box oh, I is, thought you meant Daydream. No, no, no. Music Box was just purely adult contemporary. Yeah. Where Daydream had a bit more R&B. A bit more R&B. More pop with regards to fantasy. Mm-hmm. Hip-hop as well. Remix. Yeah. Um, yeah. Adult Contemporary was One Sweet Day. And R&B was like a little bit of Almost Dreaming Baby. Almost Dreaming Baby with a hint of pop in there. Um, yeah. And then you have Melt Away, which was R&B yeah, long ago. Which was long ago. You know, Hip-hop, R&B. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's fair to say it was more in the right direction. But I think they all have a flavour of it. Like you could argue some songs in music books, like maybe like Never Forget You and like the B sides were more of what she wanted. Yeah, maybe. Mm. So I think even like Dream Mother, like it's a pop song, but there are elements of Well, she did say that she wanted the rapper to be on it, Biggie, I believe. Yeah. I don't know when that was. 
But she did, I do remember her saying that Dream Lover was meant to have a rapper on it. I do remember that 100%. She wanted, she voted to have a rapper on it, but obviously it was no way she was allowed to have that because of. She, she just yeah. got fantasy. <laughs> Literally. Nevertheless. <laughs> Years later, and she got what she wanted, which was which is great. But yeah, moving on. No, nevertheless. <laughs> We move on to one of my favourite songs and a song which got certainly in the Lamely camp a few weeks ago. We've got its annual lot of attention, 4th of July. 4th of July. Which is going to be a future pun, as you'll get to near the end of the episode, but I think of it as like a portrait in the song. Commonly referred to people as underneath the stars is like older brother i i actually like people might come for me but i i much prefer this to underneath the stars why much prefer it i don't know underneath the stars i obviously like that whole 70s vibe but i think it's i don't know something hits me more fourth of july i can't really put put a name to it but I just always seem to prefer uh, 4th of July. But Underneath the Stars, I prefer the Drifting remix. But I can appreciate the lyricism. I'm not saying I don't like Underneath the Stars because I obviously do. You know what? Well, one thing before I do go into my thoughts about this, do you think Underneath the Stars 4th of July is about DJ? I'd like to think it's about someone. I don't want it to be a song that's not got a particular person in mind. I'd like to think it was written because of an experience. So, DJ? Yes. To okay. answer your question, DJ. Okay, cool. I can't so... imagine her doing this with Tommy. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I understand what you mean, because... The lyrics here are definitely more picturesque. Then you put your hand in mine and we floated away, delicately lay entwined in the intimate days. A crescent moon began to shine and I wanted to stay tangled up with you among the fireflies on that 4th of July. It's very picturesque. You can literally see yourself there. Mm-hmm. And then the thunderclouds hung around so threateningly. And the way that she layered the vocals with that, you really feel like you're there. You really do. You really fuck it under the clouds. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, 100% know why you think that, why you feel that way towards it. Um, But it's this is a Mariah storytelling song. Yes. Right? 100%. Now, if it is true and it is about A Night with DJ, then I get it. But if it's not, if it's something she just made up off the top of her head, she's like a, a bum. <laughs> yeah, but she, she, she's, a, she's a boss. Like, how? It's like, okay, I'm just going to write a book. Okay, Mariah, <laughs> write a book. Author, to your credit. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could literally, I really feel like I can paint a picture from these lyrics. Exactly, me I too. Can. 
I literally feel like you could get a paintbrush and literally paint those clouds. That's how right? that's how vivid it is in you. Vivid's not the word. What is it? I think vivid is the word, yeah. But it's like, I feel like you can follow the storyline through the song. Yes. You can write a whole episode from this song. Whole exactly. TV show. Exactly. Now, there's a lot of songs like that in her catalogue. I think this is one of my favourites. I mean, I'm not American, but I think this song should be the national anthem. Hashtag just saying. I think she should sing it. <laughs> she should sing it? Of course. I can't believe she hasn't sung it live. You said she like sang like a snippet of it, like at that 4th of July thing. You know what? I remember Michaela talking about this song. Michaela Angela Davis, person who, the superstar who wrote Mariah's memoirs with her. And she said that she had loved 4th of July for the longest time. And when she talked to Mariah about it, um, Mariah was like, yeah, I like 4th of July too, but, you know, underneath the stars, have you heard that? And Michaela was like, no. And then she heard it and she loved that too. So, yes, we know their sister songs. And Mariah, I think, should give 4th of July more appreciation. I can second that. Do you think she doesn't because she knows it's not true? She knows it was just her writing something. I think it's, maybe you could argue it's one of those songs that maybe aren't meant to be sung. But you have, it's more like an experience. Like, she doesn't really sing the roof live. Much. That's because there's a hundred and one layers behind but it. This is what I'm saying. This is it's, it's very similar in the vein. Try singing that bridge. Thunder With all those layers. Hang <laughs> around, hang around. We need to have a choir full of backup singers. <laughs> so but this is what I mean. It's like one of those songs that I think are meant to be experienced, not necessarily sung. So, in this time period, there were a lot of picturesque songs, but one that's very picturesque and very much stands out to me is Petals of a Rainbow. Now, I admit, when I first heard Rainbow, I wasn't sure of the exact details. You can tell from the lyrics that it's about a family. That's obvious from the first line. I've often wondered if there's ever been a perfect family. But I do have to admit that when I first listened to it, I wasn't sure who Dandelion was. Uh, little sister, little brother, I was thinking, surely her, at the time I was thinking, surely her siblings are older than her. She was the yeah. youngest. So yeah. that took me a while to realise. But through the magic of genius, you can learn so much. <laughs> so you can learn so much about the the the, the back lines of, of lyrics and things like that. And I realised actually it's a very heartbreaking song from the surface, but it's a very heartbreaking song once you break down every lyric. Yeah. When I found out who Little Sis and Little Brother were, it really started to tie things together. Because that's about Tommy's children, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's about Tommy's children. And I didn't know at that time that he had children. Mm-hmm. But then when I heard, when I learned that, I thought, oh, God, she, so she was basically like a guardian to them. Well, she was a stepmom, automatic yeah. mum, as people say. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, it started to really piece things together, and actually, it is a really heartbreaking song. You know what? When I hear petals, like just the word itself, 
I kind of think of a flower dying because mm. when petals come off a flower, they it means the flowers are like dead. Yeah. Right? Or about to. So, with, I had kind of always had that morbid feeling about the song itself, and then obviously when you read the book, as you said, and you realize it's kind of related to dandelion, aka yeah. ex sister. Yeah. See, um, that's the part I didn't even get to yet. So, exactly. Yeah, it kind of saddens me. The first line just hits me hard. I've often wondered if there's ever been a perfect family. That's just so deep, but so true. Um, yeah, yeah this song is just, it definitely tells a story. It tells many stories, in fact. And it's like a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle as well. Like, mm-hmm. you literally have to piece everything together to actually get a full picture and I don't even think we have a full picture yet <laughs> there's probably like lines in here that we we haven't caught on yet yeah exactly uh, that makes a lot of perfect sense actually because when you say the first line of often wondered if there's ever been a perfect family like until you have been in a situation where your family isn't as perfect as you thought it was you really can start to relate but when you say that there's other parts that we might not even know that's really, that's really so true. So if you look at like a boy and girl befriending me, we bonded through despondency. And when I look at that, I feel that we don't know what the relationship was like between Tommy's children and Mariah, but that'll be interesting to hear about. Yeah. When you say about the image of the flower, does it, does it do what it does in 4th of July where it paints images right in your mind. So when you see about the flowers and the dandelions, do you see them in your mind? I do. I see little yellow golden petals flowing in the wind. Mm. What do you see? Yeah, pretty much the same. I can imagine like a, the wind is blowing them away from their home. So it's like the story was the story was once a beautiful, like a beautiful flower meadow, but something happened which made the petals start to die and fly away. Yeah. So that's what I see. And dandelion. I mean, I always think of dandelions as like a yellow flower that you always see in the summertime that there are loads of them everywhere and they fill a meadow and it seems very positive. So I don't know, maybe if she called him dandelion because it, she still had love for him, maybe. I'm not sure. Well, when I think of dandelions, I think of the white one, and it's interesting that she put actually she said golden petals scattering in petals, and I sure I'm sure she's referring to Alison in this part of the song. Um, but in the book, she talks about the white type, the ones that you mm. kind of blow as a kid and you make a wish, and I think it's very telling that she describes her sister as a dandelion because it makes me feel like she wishes she was the Alison that she knew mm. pre yeah. um pre the whole debacles that go on with the family and Mariah with her sister and it makes me feel that she wants to have her sister back like the dandelion is kind of a wish that Mariah wants to have a sister mm. The petals flowing in the wind is like it's something that you can never attain. You can't get it back once something's gone, once something's flowing. Yeah, it's, like it's drifting it's in the back. wind. 
Yes. Yeah, that's a very good point. A very interesting viewpoint of that, actually. Because you could even maybe, I could be going too deep into this, you could think maybe about how you'd, the petals are going back to you and you want this to come back. Yeah. Well, I feel like we're like analysing poetry right now. I love it. Well, <laughs> she's a poet. We are. We are. We are. We <laughs> but, fucking are. Well, I love it. Oh. Another song that I think is very poetic and also describes Mariah's life but so when I first heard the song I was like okay this must be about Mariah's life right it has to be because it's so profound but when I watched interviews of Mariah with her mother I was like okay this song can't be this can't be real it just must be for the film it must be just for glitter mm-hmm. the but then I was thinking, it's still a bit deep, even for Glitter itself. And then I read the book and realised this song was true. Reflections is true. Yeah, it's that's right. It's a song right. that Mariah was really, you know, putting her heart and soul. I think this is probably the second song she did that. I think Petals would be number one. That would be, that would be the first song that she wrote just to get all of her um, true emotions and feelings out and looking in on little Mariah again. But Reflections is that again. Like, reflections is like, okay. And this is before, like, this is before the whole glitter was released. This is before that whole debacle, before mm. the police was called. Like, this is before yeah. then. So the fact that she wrote this song just kind of breaks my heart. Yeah, because like you look at the lyrics and it's like reflections of your love have come to wither. I'd thought I'd done my best to memorize. I picked the fades of you and I together. I haven't come to terms with how we said goodbye. Now the person who hears that, you think you're either saying goodbye to someone you love, as in like in a death, or a past relationship. But when you get to verse two, or even the chorus, did you really care, care at all for me? Did you really care? Did you care at all for me? Very Say that interesting. Again. The chorus. Again. Did yeah. you really care care at all for me? And then mm-hmm. the same for. And you think at the to- at the point, it's like either some sort of parental love gone wrong or a past relationship. But then, you it's obvious when you see verse two, and it's like at this place, little girl wept years in silence and whispered wishes you'd materialize. It really, is a heartbreaking song, isn't it? Yes, it really is. It really is. And yeah, I mean, I, literally, I, I don't know what else to say. This is a this is a girl crying out for her mother. It really is. And I wonder what the film would have been like if it had the original storyline. Would it mirror or reflect, quote unquote, Mariah's life even more? Because this song clearly does. I need to believe in my heart of hearts. You care for me. That kind of reminds me of um, camouflaged. For me, I am. Yeah. When she says, just say that you do. I need to know you love me. No, just say that you love me. I need to know. Say that you love me. Yeah, it's like you're pleading out for someone to give you to give you love. Yeah. When really, in a sense, it's two different subjects. But we haven't even touched on the bridge, the most impactful part of the song. If I am not yeah. quite good enough, 
or somehow undeserving of a mother's love. You could have had the decency yeah. to give me up before you gave me up. That is. I just well, that sums it all together, doesn't it? it like ties the knot of the, of the whole song together. It does. Now that it could does. either be that could either be alluding to abortion. Yeah. Or it could even be alluding to giving up the child to go to a foster family and to care. Yeah, yeah. 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 So instead of like bringing up a child half-heartedly, yeah, just give it up from the beginning. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you really don't know anything until you read that book, do you? Nothing. You know absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> but like I said before, I knew there was something with this song. I knew it in my heart yeah. of hearts. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it until until the book came out and you saw it in the chapter. Yep. I didn't even need it in the chapter. I just needed to know the first little... <laughs> I see yeah. the, <laughs> the opening of the book <laughs> and it was enough. You know what's interesting, though, because Mariah, although she does collaborate with people, this is the, this next song is the first song she collaborated with somebody else on a song that actually was her story. So I wonder why she asked Young Jeezy to be on Side Effects, because Side Effects is very, very emotional, and it literally just describes her life with Tommy. So I'm surprised that she actually asked someone to be on it. Oh, you mean instead of instead of having it be a like a self moment? Yeah. Have someone else. That's a very interesting interesting point because the way I see it, I love these type of songs. Songs that are dressed up as a nice upbeat production that mm-hmm. you don't think much about the lyrics, but however, inside of it, wrapped up inside and encapsulated, is actually a very heartbreaking heartbreaking time and a whole time period. It is. So maybe it was just the time fit with the album vibe because it was E equals MC squared and there was a couple of features on it. And at the time, there was a lot of upbeat productions and maybe she just wanted to try and make something for the fans. Yeah, maybe she wanted to, um, because she has Bye Bye as well, maybe she just want two slow, sad songs. Yeah. But these lyrics, once again, are killer. Vacant inside, no one was there, couldn't be real, had to keep quiet once in a while, put up a fight. It's just too much night after night. After a while, I would just lie. You was dead wrong. Said you was right. Did what I could. Just survive. Couldn't believe this was my life. Poetry. <sighs> Insane. This is probably one of my favourite songs of Mariah to sing. Mm. <laughs> because it's literally something you can shout and scream from your, your rooftops. But Is that ranting? Yeah. But every word just makes sense and, like, push you higher and higher and higher like flickering like a car oh, flickering like a candle do my best to handle sleeping with the enemy aware that he was smothering every last part of me so I broke away and finally found the strength to leave like I don't understand the label really messed up with this song because this kind of reminds me of one of Mary J Blige's songs where she would just sing and sing rap and just emote everything. This mm-hmm. this kind of reminds me of that. Why doing exactly the same singing and rapping? One of the many songs of hers that she does that. Yeah, but it's interesting that she did actually did it on a song where every lyric was the truth, and not just something that was just you know a cute little song. 
Yeah, I, th- I generally think it is for the fans because I don't think people would understand the depth behind it mm. unless you just follow her like through the media at the time. I don't think you really know. I mean, you could you could have an idea, but you look at the my favorite lyrics from this is in verse one: "Shining like a chandelier that decorate every room inside the private hell we built." Like, yeah. You could have said it a different way, but no, you said decorated every room inside the private hell we built. It, to me, that looks like... So when you think of a chandelier, it's obviously a light, and you turn a light on and off. Yeah. So it seemed like he would make her shine because she is the star. Well, I carry the star. But then when people leave, you turn it off. Yeah. It's like the lights go off, the doors close, and suddenly, suddenly that's it. But it's like, it's a bit like keep, it's like they were keeping up appearances in a sense. Yeah. So she would be more Carey, the star, he'd be telling Matola, the celebrity, the, the manager, the husband, the head of the record label, everything. And they'd be pictured together and they would be this glorified, romanticized life of this girl and this older man. But as soon as the, as soon as the night is over, the, they've gone home from the, I don't know, event, whatever they're doing. That's it. Mariah Carey's gone. It's a scared little girl in a house that she doesn't want to be in. Well, if you look at the next line, she lose her little Mariah again. I just realised this now, because it's like a kid, I wish I could fly away. But yeah. said I kept my tears inside. She needs, She wanted to fly away a lot when she was a child. Could I be alluded to butterfly? Fly away. It it could be, it could be, but I feel like it's it's pre butterfly stuff, so mm. it would be maybe close think, my eyes esque. I think. Yeah, that yeah that is true. Because a lot of her life, she really has been flying away, hasn't she? Or trying to, yeah. Or trying to fly away, yeah, and it's like a diary entry. Yeah, it is. I think. Mm. Just, but even the first line. I was a girl, you was a man. I was too young to understand. Yeah. I was naive, I just believed everything you told me. Oh, we can do this song all day, every day. This is probably one of my favourite, uh, or the favourite songs of mine. But there's one line here that I'm intrigued about, and I don't that? know if you'd ever um, get the true answers of this. Just the line of waking up scared some nights, still dreaming about the violent times. I mean, I hope and pray that this doesn't allude to Tommy. I'm, I'm, I'm about to fight someone. <laughs> well, I mean, in the book, she does talk about the knife on her face. The knife, yeah. And there being somebody there to um, to witness it that was part of the circle that didn't do anything. So maybe that's what she could be alluding to. But we will never know because I doubt she would ever talk about yeah, anything. No. Yeah, anything else about that? If it's if it's a part that really causes her a lot of distress, then she probably would never because it's just too painful. Yeah, yeah. I think she's given us what she's given us and that's probably all she'd want to disclose. Mm-hmm. But on a slightly unrelated point, to answer your first question about mm-hmm. there being a feature, I don't really know why. <laughs> 
who's really on the song with the like because the intro doesn't really make much sense compared to the rest of the song. Yes, it does. I suppose we look in fine taking off sores so on a one way on a given Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. They try to confuse me when they never let them use me. That completely makes sense to me. Does it? Because you can the one ways that Mariah was on with Tommy, she wasn't happy. She even alludes to the book where I think it was Camp Mariah, um, it was a fresh air fund and was at a, an award show for that and she said that she looked very uncomfortable and so did Tommy and they just weren't looking in sync and she was wearing like a brown dress. Oh, the um, photo when she's wearing the red dress and he, they were getting photographed and then she was going to go off on her own. Yes, exactly yeah. that. And she said the pictures looked awkward. awkward. Yeah. Um, this could be alluding to that. Like you, you could be looking fine, but we're not. So, uh, maybe. The only lyric that might think might be a little bit iffy was they try to confuse me. I'll never, never let them use me. I'll never let them use it makes sense. Those two were the ones that make more sense to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to digress about that point all day. However, it is definitely a song that the more you listen to it, the more you understand, especially if you read the book and everything else yeah, around 100%. it. Yeah, 100%. Hundred percent, and the next song is, I think, just a is a song that relates most to the title of this lovely po- podcast episode and the whole theme. Yeah, I mean, well, it's called Portrait for a reason. Exactly. We've been saying all along in this episode about how certain songs, like Fourth of July, have been painting imagery in our eyes. This song, kind of pun intended, with Portrait literally does dignify a portrait in your eyes. I mean, where do I even start, like, the first one? Where do I go from here? How do I disappear? You know what, this... In my mind, when I hear this song, well, first, like, I see caution colours, like the purples, the blues, the pinks. Yeah, yeah. And then I see... Have you ever seen Beauty and the Beast? with that flower in a glass and yeah. then the petals die off that that's yeah. kind of like what I see like that type of environment and then there's a picture on the wall that is Mariah but isn't Mariah and it's like a unfinished picture in my mind like just a merge of colors just on the wall in a frame mm. um that's what I see when I hear this song Something that is unfinished but still beautiful. That's a that's a very interesting viewpoint the way you say that because do you sort of see it as like an unfinished picture? Like the lines are all drawn, but the colours not all filled in. It's like a water painting, so mm-hmm. the colours are all there. Yeah, but it's kind of there's no outline really. Oh, so the outline is yet to be drawn. Yeah. Hmm, I like that. I don't actually really see a portrait. I actually see a mirror, like a reflection. Okay. Have you seen mm-hmm. Have you seen Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone? Yes. You know the mirror of Erised where he sees himself and his parents? Yeah. I don't see everything from that, but I see a reflection of someone that she's not 
fully got to yet. Why? Okay. So, I mean, especially when we get to verse two, somewhat desensitized, still the same hopeful child, haunted by those severed ties, pushing past the parasites. I feel like it's she's, she's not fully got to that person that she sees in the reflection, but she's on her way. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like this song is probably her building herself up to something. Yeah. Starting starting lost and she's yeah. finding her way, just like you said. Whereas like a song like Side Effects is her just saying, this is where I am now. My mind still slips back, but I'm trying to do it. But Portrait is like, I'm still kind of lost, but then I'm I'm nearly there. I'm getting there and I'll be there soon. I'll be there tomorrow. Yet I know that tomorrow comes I'll so be I'll there be when you rise. Waiting for the new Mariah, for example, or the complete Mariah to show up. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's exactly really what I'm thinking of. So it's like she's on like three quarters through her journey, but she's not fully at the at the end yet. But when you get to the end of the song, yeah, she's like, okay, I'm not there yet, so let me go back and cover myself because I'm a bit too raw right now. Let me just hide it up, put my coat back on, yeah, and wait and try again another day. Yeah, yeah, that's actually that's actually pretty much what I see as well. And for the finale, she can float around effortlessly and dream away the hours in her mind, and I let go. I like how she how she relates to someone in third person and then goes back to first. It kind of signifies that she's talking about her future self but she's not yeah her now yeah yeah you know what mariah makes me want to write it makes she makes you want to become a poet and write poems i will I never know. get to her level clearly but <laughs> she's like she makes a bitch want to try i know and people i've i've heard people say that this is about her and her like bipolar oh really yeah and I don't know if I certainly agree, but I feel like she wrote it at a time where she was most vulnerable. Yeah. That part, I can definitely agree with him. Do you, what do you think about the vocals? Because I find them very raw, especially when you get to the bridge and the climax. Well, whenever I think of the vocals of Caution, I just remember the conversation that she had with... Questlove about her voice not being at the place that it was meant to be yeah and when I did hear this album in um when I first heard this album mm-hmm. when it first came out I was like waiting for the Mariah climax yeah um they were all accustomed to so when I think of this song and relate to other songs I feel like yes this one on caution is definitely more raw you're correct yeah that mm-hmm. it's like she usually we're used we used to memorize vocals being polished like mm-hmm. p- perfect to the t yeah with this one i feel like she just maybe took two takes <laughs> two three yeah. takes and was just like yeah i'm done this is just my heart <laughs> here it is yeah yeah i definitely agree because you're right the album is more the vocals are more it's minimalist the right word i think she did the best she could with what she had what she had yeah coming off those 15,000 tours yeah but I wouldn't have known until that Questlove podcast that her she didn't think her voice was I just thought that was a stylistic thing 
because I like it. I mean, I like it too, but yeah. I was waiting for that, you know, yeah, that classic high, classic wire. high soaring climax. Yeah, but just I, a, an I, octave I, up. Yeah, but I kind of applaud her for doing something different. Yeah, of course. Like we all, yeah. we, we know Mariah is just going to keep on on point. And I think Caution was the album where she was like, "Fuck everybody else." I'm, I'm making just gonna... this to me and my fans. I'm making it to me and my fans, and I'm going to be on point. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be better than these bitches who are trying it. But yeah, back to back to portrait. I um, I hope that this is the last Mariah song that sounds like this. I really do. I want to hear Mariah sing about how to better someone, better yourself, like. For example, with Imperfect, the song that we haven't got, but we're fingers crossed getting with MC30 whenever it comes back. Um, yeah. That type of track, like, oh, yeah, I'm imperfect, but I'm perfectly imperfect. You know, I'm good. Um, I want to see something like that and less of songs like this. Yeah, I'd want someone, like, I'd want her to be able yeah. to feel that, yeah, okay, I'm good right now I know I can be better but I'm happy at the place where I'm at and I know that with time I could be an even better version of myself but at the moment I'm happy with what I've got with life and I'm blessed I want her to feel complete feel complete because it's been what like 15 16 albums I'd like her to finally feel complete (laughs) yeah and I know life isn't that straightforward I know there's plenty of people older than her that still feel incomplete mm-hmm. but I just wish she gets there because we live through her music and we find hope and strength from her music and we relate to her lows and we relate to her highs I just want to relate more to her highs I want to feel high just like her yeah purple taking you higher huh <laughs> <laughs> yes it, it's my life <laughs> We could quote songs here all day, but... No tears, darling. No tears. No tears. Well, we could sit here chatting around the songs all day, but at some point we have to finish the story of this episode, but... And GTFO. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But we'd love for you guys to have a listen to these songs that we've been discussing this episode and see if any of your viewpoints are the same as us. you... Do you feel that certain lyrics tell a different story? Do you feel that Fourth of July really is an actual masterpiece? Because it is. <laughs> but we'd love you to tell us and we'd love to actually do something like this again because this was very interesting and I really enjoyed doing this. I feel like I've gotten smarter by doing this. Definitely. Analyzing the lyrics. Exactly. I'm doing poetry analysis. I love it. <laughs> yes. But alas, we're going to end it here. So see you next time on the MRI podcast. We love you. Appreciate you. And we enjoy you all. Bye, darlings. Bye, 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 bye. You've been listening to the Mariah Podcast. 